49 of the Knit Actually podcast. My name is Becky and I'll be your host. So today, you guys, I have a pretty um, fun episode for you, a little bit different than the normal format. I was lucky enough to attend the launch and yarn tasting for MJ Yarn's new yarn, which is their red label yarn. This is yarn that is only available from mjyarns.com. So their black label yarn is the yarn that you can buy in a local yarn shop that will continue. But this is a brand new yarn um, that they launched this past weekend. So I showed up early for the tasting and spent a little time with Jonathan from MJ. And um, we had a nice little conversation about the yarn. So I am going to let you guys listen to that and then come back and talk about the mountains of yarn that I purchased both for myself and some friends. And, um, and that'll be it for the episode. So enjoy. So we're here for the um, yarn tasting for MJ Yarns release of the Red Label Yarns. And I'm here with Jonathan Berner, who's the creative genius behind MJ. And so this is kind of your launch party. Yeah. For the new line. Yeah, we're excited. It's cold outside, but uh, we're, we're happy to be <laughs> inside and warm with hot cider and, and beautiful yarn. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the new line. You've got two new bases. Yeah, so we've got the Tough Ram and One U. Tough Ram is a good uh, sock yarn and multi-purpose yarn. It's super wash, it's uh, merino, so it's nice and soft. It's also got some nylon uh, to keep it strong. Uh, so that's gonna make a, a really good long-lasting yarn that'll work for anybody, you know, even if you're giving it as a gift, mm-hmm. uh, it'll stand up over the course of time. And then our other base is One U. That's the really soft and squishy single ply merino, and it's you just want to dive your face into it. <laughs> um, you know, definitely not for baby sweaters with a single ply, but um, if you're making really anything that you want to spoil yourself with, um, okay. you know, something you want to wrap yourself up in, it's um, it's just lusciously soft and, and fluffy. That you know, that kind of fiber that that just that makes my heart sing. That's awesome. Yeah. They're beautiful. So tell me about. At least one of them is a completely USA-made yarn. Is yep. that right? I, yep. I'm always fascinated. I don't know a lot about the like the mill process. I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. So this particular yarn, I'm fortunate that somebody else gets to do all of that work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, getting things made is tough, and getting them made in the U.S. in particular is really challenging. Our our manufacturing base has, and particularly in the textile world, has has kind of withered away to lots of very small cottage industries. Mm-hmm. Um, but I work with uh, a yarn aggregator whose who's basically job is to work with these mills. So they, they really know what they're doing and, and how to get a good product efficiently and effectively here in America. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's the tough ram is, is our 100% raised and milled in America base that's in, in awesome. the red label line. That's good. Yep. That's good. And so how do you go about picking your bases. So these are both fingering weight yarns, right? Yes. So how does that process happen? Do you test different bases and play around or? Yeah. So the, the first consideration uh, is, is what do my customers want? You know, mm-hmm. um, cause that's, that's important. I, uh, when I first started, I got, uh, one or two yarns that I wanted and I loved, <laughs> uh, and, and then I never dyed them because nobody really bought them. And, oh, you know, so, okay. uh, that's, I, I had to learn that my own personal tastes are not necessarily the tastes of, the yeah, of yeah. what knitters today want. 
Um, and so that's okay. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, um, I, I guess I, I look at yarn a little bit differently um, in that I'm, I'm looking at it from a perspective of how that yarn's going to behave with color, right? Mm -hmm. So there, it's really fascinating to look at um, how color behaves on different fibers and different right. styles of milling, different twists of yarn, even different breeds tend to take the dye differently. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm considering what is this fiber actually going to look like. Typically when I'm choosing whether or not I'm going to work with the yarn, I'll buy a single cone of it, um, which mm -hmm. for us is a small amount. It's, it's only about 15 skeins of yarn. Okay, um, yeah. And, and that gives us enough to where I can dye a skein or two. We can kind of see how it behaves in the whole process. We can see what its drape is like and what it is actually going to be like mm -hmm. when you actually work with it. Um, and, you know, it's, it's also a consideration, uh, what's this going to be like when somebody crochets with it? Is this yeah. a yarn that you can weave with? Uh, you know, mm -hmm. that's, uh, I, I have discovered weaving in the past couple of years, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> it's amazing how much the toys are once you start getting yes. into weaving. That's how I feel about a spinning wheel, too. Like, yeah, that's, that's the gateway yeah. drug. Yeah, <laughs> right, right? No. Yeah, somebody gave me my first wheel for a hundred bucks and, oh, yeah, and, yeah, and, and then, yeah, that was great. But then, you know, well, once I had that, of course I need, you know, the $1,400 right, shack. The beautiful, with the, yeah. yes, all the gadgets and yeah, the gorgeous exactly. fiber. And, um, yeah. But so that it is, it's a consideration that, you know, yarn isn't just for knitting. It's, it's for a lot of other things. Right. And so I am thinking about how it's going to behave in, in other worlds as well. Um, and then once we work with the yarn and, and see f that the colors are going to work and that it's a yarn that people are going to like, um, mm -hmm. and also a yarn that I'm going to like because I'm going to have to spend a lot of time with it, right. uh, then we'll go ahead and say, okay, this is a fiber to put in our, in our line. In your line. And so in the wholesale line, how many, how many different lines do you have these days? Oh, now, right? I think I've got. 10 different bases in the wholesale line if you include our fiber, okay. our spinning fibers. Um, we are actually adding another spinning fiber. That's the first time anybody's heard that. But, um, <laughs> heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> we are adding a spinning fiber here in the next couple of weeks. It's uh, And this is black label, so only available in your retail store. Yeah. Um, but So that's going to be a merino, bamboo, and nylon superwash. Oh, so it's, that sounds nice. It's pretty fancy. It's you sparkly. Me some of that and, for yeah, Christmas. I'll, I'll get right on that. <laughs> Christmas 2019. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> huh. um, yeah. So that's uh, I've I've definitely loved um, the the black label yarn and and look forward to continuing to make it and continuing to develop to develop those patterns and those palettes. Uh, and uh, I was kind of at a point where I you know I've been making the same colors and adding more over the past several years. Yeah. But I, I wanted a space where I could be a bit more creative without some of the constraints that I have in the wholesale world. Right. With wholesale yarn, I really have to be able to produce something once and then produce it exactly the same every time, anytime anybody asks me for it. Right. Uh, so the idea with Red Label is to create a standard palette, the, the yarn that we'll have all the time, always in stock. If it's not in stock, I'll make it for you tomorrow and ship it out, right? Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, what we're going to start doing is doing limited releases uh, so that, you know, I'll make 10 skeins of six different colors and we'll put it out there. And if you want it, get it. And right. if you don't, you know, look at the next release. Uh, but 
the the idea is to kind of keep my creative mind ticking mm-hmm. so that so that I am challenging myself to make new and interesting palettes. Yep. Um, and then also uh, the red label will give me a bit of space to start doing some design work. When I started MJ Yarns, if you go back and and look at my business filings papers, it actually says. Uh, that I dye yarn and sell patterns. Okay. I have yet to sell a pattern. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, this is kind of like the pair of socks you're going to make for yourself next week. Right. You know, and right. you just never get around to it. And then mm-hmm. six years later, you're like, where where was that yarn? Did I? So. Right. Um, it's it's been several years that I've had kind of patterns rolling around in my head, design mm-hmm. work that I would like to do, but it's never been a priority. So with the red label stuff. It's really going to allow me to say, okay, here's the yarn, and I know that my customers can get it. Right. Uh, you know, that's that can be a challenge because a yarn shop may have the yarn that I'm suggesting, or it may not. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's frustrating when a customer's looking for a specific yarn right. and they can't find it. So um, the idea is that I'll be able to say, okay, you can get this yarn and check your local yarn shop because these black label yarns will work for this too. Yeah. And um, so it's, it's going to broaden people's choices. It's also going to allow them to really get into, to see what, what my brain is thinking when I'm making a yarn, Mm -hmm. you know, that's because when I design these colors, I really am thinking, what's this going to look like in a finished garment? Which finished garment would this be perfect for? And, you know, there's not room on a label to say in, to, to give you the seven paragraph description of how I would use that yarn. Yeah. Uh, And it is, it's important for knitters uh, and yarnies to, to develop their own creative um, you know, development and figure out how to use the yarns too. But mm-hmm. um, I, I personally love knowing what an artist wanted or what, you know, what they think uh, would be sure. a good way to work with that yarn. Yep. So um, this, it's just, it's going to be a really nice way for me to communicate all of that full spectrum. You know, here's the yarn, here's the pattern that I think would look good with right. it. And that'll give folks uh, an idea of how to apply that yarn in other places too. Yep. Um, that's one of the things that I really love doing. So I've got a line of semi-solids and a line of multi-dyes. And now with Red Label, I've got semi-solids and kettle dyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's kind of the same principle. And I love pairings of the two, where right. you use um, one of the semi-solids to kind of frame colors in the multi-dyes or the kettle dyes. Mm-hmm. So that um, it kind of... With the kettle dyes, you can get, or, or multi dyes, you can get so many colors happening at the same time. Yeah. And then when you anchor that with a solid color around it, mm-hmm. uh, it can kind of help give uh, uh, just a, a nice sense of stability to all of the excitement. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's that's just kind of a preview of, of the different stuff that I have uh-huh. in my mind. Um, right now, I'm working on a design that's that's pretty simple. That's just it's. It's really to just allow a yarn to be whatever it wants to be. So it's okay. it's big fields of stockinette broken up with some cables. Yes, uh, that's so the piece th- you were yeah. working on the other night. Yeah, yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, so that um, it's you know it has cables because I I know I can't knit a giant swatch of or a giant piece of stockinette without losing my mind. Right. Uh, I need something, and I hate all those cables right now. Um, <laughs> But if they weren't there, I I, I wouldn't be happy You'd either. Be bored, I, yeah. yeah, I always tell people if I'm not swearing at my knitting, I'm not happy. Um, <laughs> Part of your process. Exactly, exactly. Okay. So uh, there's that. The next design that I'm going to be working on is um, going to be looking at 
combining colors into kind of a faux gradient where you're oh. you're actually using multiple strands of yarn but you're not doing color work in, or anything you're just instead of knitting with a single strand you're knitting with two strands so yeah. say you knit with two strands of dark blue and then you drop one strand of the dark blue and put in a medium blue mm -hmm. so you're knitting with dark blue and medium blue and then you drop the dark blue entirely and knit with two of the medium yes. blue so you kind of create this your your own gradient um, with soft edges all the way through mm -hmm. so um, it's it's fascinating there's just so many different ways um, I mean, just the color piece, you can spend so much yes. time in. Uh, but when you get into design work, it's it's amazing, it, all of the different things. And I love all the technical little crappy stuff where it's, yeah. you know, <laughs> do, do I use a make one left or a make one right? Right. And, you know, where are you supposed to use those? That's the stuff that really made me fall in love with knitting is mm -hmm. like, holy crap, who figured this stuff out? Right, it right. It just slows my mind. Yeah, yeah. I always think about that too, the sort of the the math of it all, and then kind of the magic of it all, like turning a heel, right? Turning a heel is like my favorite thing in the world it's because amazing. it's like <laughs> magically all of a sudden, <laughs> oh, look, da -da, yep. you know? And, and I think there's so much cool stuff going on these days with technique, like brioche. Brioche is on my bucket list. I keep picking brioche patterns and then chickening out. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. Once you do it once, it's not That's that what I think. Like, um, I... I did the building blocks mm -hmm. shawl, and then there's the brioche section, and I, I chickened out. <laughs> and then my building blocks is kind of sitting right now because I finished my doodler, and I, I got like a tension, like injury in my shoulder because that 600 edge, you know, like yeah. I cord bind off. <laughs> 2017. That, that would give me a, a tension headache. Yes, I mean, it was like oh, a lot of eye cord. <laughs> Guess I'm going back to socks, right? Yeah, absolutely. So. That's good. So let's talk a little bit about the palette. Because one of the things I think could be really cool, too, is I imagine that one of the, the limited edition thing will give you that idea to say, gosh, now you have room to play, right? And maybe that makes its way eventually into the black label, oh, right? Absolutely. Because you say, oh, this one is my favorite. And look how popular it was. And it, it informs the work. But um, but let's talk about the palette you have for the base now with the Red Label. Yeah, so the Red Label palette started uh, from Wanaka Lake in Lafayette. So uh, my dog and I often walk over to Wanaka. It's about a mile from here and then a mile around the lake and then a mile back. So okay. it, it makes for a good evening walk. Yeah. Um, and most days I end up catching the sunset. Mm -hmm. And the sunset, I, I mean, I, I could spend my life studying the colors that happen in a sunset or a sunrise. Yeah. It's amazing what happens. Uh, so I, I, my phone is filled with pictures of those sunsets, and they're all different. Yeah. Um, there is one color in particular from sunsets that really inspired the entire semi-solid palette, and that's this muddy dark blue. Mm -hmm. uh, so when, you know, kind of night meets day, there's, you know, the, the night sky uh, and reflected off of the clouds. So you have this, this dark side of the cloud that is just blue, you know, right. dark, dark, muddy blue. But then you have sunlight coming through the cloud behind it. So there's this heat to the blue, too. Uh, so with my dark blue, I wish I could remember the name right now, but they're too new for me. So uh, <laughs> maybe we'll put that in the comments. But with that dark blue, I actually put a cantaloupe orange into it 
You would never wow. realize that when yeah. you're looking at the blue, but that's how you capture that light that's coming mm -hmm. through this dark blue cloud. Uh, and it, it gave this just really earthy, almost black blue, but not quite. It's just rich, rich, um, heavy. Uh, I, that's, I, I, this is terrible, but I think of colors in terms of food. This, I don't talk about this a lot, but several years ago, when I first started dyeing, I don't know if I'd been sniffing a lot of dye powder, <laughs> um, but at some point I started to taste one of my colors. I know that's, huh. it's, it's a, a real phenomenon that I've read about. It doesn't happen to me often, okay. but I do, um, when I think of colors, I'm thinking, you know, that they have a bitter smell or they're, they're kind of light and fluffy, like some cream, sure. you know, whipped cream. So, um... Anyway, this, this particular color is that just heavy, you know, like, like you're eating a, a bowl of just something real earthy, you know, like a stew. You yeah. Know? Um, so that, that really informed the entire palette. The entire palette is about colors that are, they have that earthiness to them. They have mm -hmm. just a little bit of um, mud and, and I always hesitate to use that word because people think muddy people colors think negative. are bad. Yeah. yeah, but no. Um, but it's, it's just a, just, it's it's flavoring, right? So sure. if, if you were to, to salt your food with the entire bottle of salt, it would be too much. You yeah. know? But if you put just a sprinkle on top, right, mm -hmm. then it's, it makes it so savory. Right. Um, so that's, that's what these colors are all about, is finding just that sprinkle of mud so that they have a level of sophistication that I really um, have not seen in many palettes to this point. Um, and to that end, to reflect that, all of the semi-solids are named after gemstones. Oh, uh, yeah. Nice. So, so if you look at the palette, do you want to pause for a minute and we'll grab yeah. some, and then we can talk specific absolutely colors. All right. So I just grabbed the blue that we were talking about. That's called azurite. So you can see um, just the richness in it, and mm -hmm. uh, you you don't, obviously don't see orange. No, uh, not know, at it, all. It looks like just a, a deep, rich blue. Mm -hmm. But with that little bit of cantaloupe color in there, it, it just really gets a nice richness to it. I like this one because it's not, um, it's got, it does, it has some unexpected things to it. And what's interesting is you even get hints of little bits of like pink yep. and purple, which you wouldn't expect when you talk about orange over a blue. Right. Right? Yeah. And it's got a nice gray feel to it. I could knit with nothing but just beautiful gray yarns. All the, you know what I mean? Like right. like some of those where they're just so um, so rich. That one's gorgeous. Yeah. Thank you. So uh, the next one I grabbed is amber. So this is kind of a, a yellow gold color. Um, this one actually has uh, a little bit of purple in it to flavor it. Right. Really? Yeah. See, and that's, you would never think that, yeah. that purple. So I start with this one with a, a, a pretty bright yellow mm -hmm. and then we tone it out with some purple. Uh, which gives it that that again, just intense depth, depth and richness. Exactly. Um, it's it, I love kind of showing people the color wheel. Um, so if you were to look at the color wheel, basically the formula for this palette was take the color and then put a little bit of what's directly across from it on the color wheel. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. in theory, that that makes brown. Um, but when you're using it as a seasoning instead of you know right. two equal ingredients then you end up with uh, just a, a really rich yellow yeah. um, as opposed to mud. Yeah. Um, 
I would say mud is not the word I would use. No, no. But they really do have a beautiful depth. This one is gorgeous, this amber. Thank you. So um, corundum is our darkest purple. This purple actually uses a bit of that cantaloupe color as well. Really? Uh, yeah. So, again, you'd never see orange in No, there. not at all. Uh, and you wouldn't think of orange as being something that um, mixes to make purple. Right. Hey, Brady. <laughs> Sorry. Um, my friend Brady has just arrived. Hi, Brady. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Um, so, when we come over to the kettle dyes... Uh, these are kind of the equivalent of my multi-dyes, but I wanted to use a different technique. Again, just to kind of tickle the creative side of my brain. Yeah. Give me something different to do, something different to look at. Uh, so all of these kettle dyes start with a base color, kind of a base wash. Okay. And then we layer colors on top of that, but we do it in the water so that the dye has a chance to kind of flow and meld and blend. So you end up... Um, it's similar to, to watercolors on, on a, yeah. uh, a piece of paper where that it's, it's not those just intense, vibrant colors, but more of a, a gentle, flowing color. Right. Um, and because those colors blend and move and wash, you can see that there's just little bits of light and dark and highs and lows mm -hmm. that pop up. Uh, so it makes for a really neat knit fabric. Um, yeah. So... Uh, the the color on all of these, I, I used colors that we're using in our solids palette so that these kettle dyes would fit well mm -hmm. in the solids palette. So if you had wanted to do color work or something, you could yeah, they, kind they, of blend them like yep, look at those two. Exactly. Corundum and Marquee. Mm -hmm. um, and and when I went to Renee's um, studio down in Castle Rock from Nerd, she likes to make a yarn baby, <laughs> right, where she takes them and then she twists yep. them together. This would make a beautiful yarn baby. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So uh, if we named all of the solids after jewels or gems, we named all of the kettle dyes after gem cuts. Oh, how So fun. there's the marquee cut, the briolette mm -hmm. cut, um, the baguette cut, and that so on. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Um, so if you're wondering where on earth these bizarre names like Briolette or Jubilee came from, that's because they're stone cuts. That's really good, yeah. though, because I think that's got to be hard. To, oh, absolutely. Um, you get the color and then like, God, what the heck is the name of this, right? Yeah. That's so. it's the it, it worked it works easiest for me once I find the world you know mm -hmm. like once I decided oh these are all gemstones it it became very quick and easy right um, in the black label line uh, it's I mean there's a lot of colors we have yeah. sixty colors or so at this point wow um, so at some point I kind of realized that my color names were living in this medieval fantasy world mm -hmm. so we've got three dragons, dragons we've yeah. got the princess the uh, king's robe or King's Blue, sorry, mm -hmm. um, Ascend, which is, the thought is ascending to the throne. Right. It's that dark purple. Yeah. So that's the idea there. Those are fun. That's great. Yeah. So um, anyway, Marquis, which is your favorite color, yes. is uh, a gorgeous kind of light purple. It starts with kind of a, we call it blurple. Um, blurple. It's, yeah, it's this <laughs> blue-purple wash on it, and then mm -hmm. it's got some bright spots of... Uh, blue and red and um, and a purple on it, a dark purple too, so it's a, 
a real pretty color. That's gorgeous. This one, the Briolette, was the first one that you and I were kind of looking at, and so it makes me think of, when you talked about watercolors, it makes me think of like a Monet. Yeah. Right? I mean, this one really, with the, it's got, it's kind of anchored in a green, and then the purple tends towards sort of a rose, and then there's bits of blue. This is a really, that's really what that evokes. Yep. For me, it's and exactly like a watercolor. Yeah, and this one is really my favorite out of all of the colors really? I made. Yeah, yeah this it's is beautiful. This is going to be the one that I need to make things with. Yeah, and soon. Yep. Um, it's funny because um, everybody has their things they gravitate towards, right? So I am always, I always say on the podcast, it's like a drinking game. Like if I say the word turquoise, then I'm going to take a drink because. But I do love, I love brights, and this, what's it called again? Marquee is. It's just a really nice, it's, it, like you said, it's kind of anchored in a su- more subtle blue, but then I love the pops of, I mean, that's almost that exact. Yep. Um, Corun- Corundum? Yep. Butcher these names. And then this pop of bright blue. Yep. It'll be fun to see all the swatches, right? Yeah. That's what I like. Yeah, and that's, that's, it's really fun having a new line because I've never knit with it. Right. And nobody's ever knit with it. Right. So there's, there's so much discovery that happens when there's a totally new line with Mm -hmm. totally new yarns and finding out how the colors are going to work with each other. Um, There, there was a moment of discovery with Black Label that I'll always remember where um, we, so uh, one of my employees pulled out uh, Fresh Mode. Right, and she said, "Oh, look how good this looks with uh, Majesty's fruit and steel." So it's a purple, green, gray. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, so it was really beautiful. But then soon thereafter, we started pairing fresh mode with everything, and it's this kind of grass green. And we realized that fresh mode is is kind of a neutral. It fits with yeah. everything, and it actually makes just about everything look better. Um, so it's, it was one of those things I never, I didn't design that color that way. It just kind of happened. Um, so I can't wait to find out, um, what happens with red label. And I, I, I gotta tell you, um, uh, you guys probably think I would never do this. I don't have time to do this, but I stock what you do all the time on Ravelry. <laughs> um, I, I go to the projects page and yeah. see what people are doing with yeah. my yarn. Yeah. And I love seeing mm-hmm. how these projects are working up and That's what good. people are doing with it, what they liked, if they didn't like anything to. Um, mm-hmm. I have actually, there was uh, Midnight Orchid, a customer knit uh, a pair of socks with it. Um, that's it's in black label. It's a, a black, pink, purple yarn. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, that one in Cerulean Twilight. Those yeah. are my two favorites yeah. from Black Label. Um, so Midnight Orchid, a customer knit a pair of socks and it pooled really black, really badly. Um, huh. And that's one of the things that I pride myself on is that my yarn doesn't pool, um, right. or it's really hard to get it to pool. So I, I kind of looked at the color and. I won't say exactly what I did. It's still the same formula, but we changed the color in such a way that it doesn't pool or it's a lot harder to get it to pool. Yeah, so I do take that information that you guys are putting out there and actually use it to improve what we're doing here in the studio. That's good. That's very good. One of my girlfriends, um, my son got his black belt this year. Oh, wow. So the other mom... Um, who had she had twin girls who were getting their black belts at the same time. So we spent a lot of time sitting and knitting. <laughs> and her knitting project the whole time was a pair of socks in Midnight Orchid. It was not the pair that pooled though. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't pool at all. They were gorgeous. And she was so happy with them when she was done. But that oh, was good. her. That color will always, like, evoke that memory for me, you know, because I knit, I, I knit 
compulsively, so I knit a trillion <laughs> zillion things while she knit her pair of socks. But every week, that was like her only knitting time, and she'd bring her yeah. socks in a little like brown paper bag like yeah. that. Like at the end, I made her a project bag. Yeah. Like, you have really nice yarn, and you're carrying it around in a brown paper bag. That's how I got my first project bag because I would I would carry my knitting in grocery bags, plastic grocery right. bags. Right. Right. And somebody actually bought me a satchel to carry my yeah, yarn like, in. They're like, you can't yes, do that anymore. Your beautiful <laughs> hand-dyed yarn does not belong in a brown that's paper right. bag. <laughs> so that's funny. That's funny. So this one is your favorite of the kettle dyes. What's your favorite of the solids? Mm, that's a tough question. Um, I have to say... With this palette, I'm the most pleased with the warm side of the color wheel. I okay. I love the, the green, blues, purples, um, mm -hmm. and I'm really happy with those. But I'm kind of always happy with those. Mm -hmm. um, the, the warm side of the palette, the red, orange, and yellow, I've never really felt comfortable in that world. Um, and it, knitters if will probably notice, if you go to your stash, you probably don't have a lot of red, orange, and yellow. Right. That's it's just most of us don't sit well in that world. Right. And I feel like with this palette, um, I discovered how to make it work for me. For you. And yeah. for me to look at those colors and say, yes, I like that red and mm -hmm. I would be happy to knit with that red. Yeah. I, for the longest time, didn't make a red because I find it offensive to my eyes. <laughs> and then I finally made Fire Dragon which was yeah. a compromise red. Mm -hmm. It's really a cranberry, you know, yes. so it's almost yeah. purple. Mm -hmm. um, and then finally, somebody, actually an artist that works in the studio where I am, um, browbeat me into making Phoenix. Okay. Uh, she wanted a red for her, uh, a dragon that she was making. Okay. Um, that she actually knits life-size dragons. Um, yeah, her uh, Colette's Garden, if you want to Google her. Okay, she's, she's yeah, pretty amazing. I'll put it in the show notes, too. Great. I'll look it up, yeah. Yeah, so um, she, it was good for me because she said, I want a red. And she really gave me specific, mm -hmm. here's what I need. Yep. So I didn't feel like I had to make it. And if it wasn't good, I didn't have to take the blame. Right, right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, we made it. That's one of the colors we gave away in January, though. And it's a that's a gorgeous red. That's yeah, a I've, beautiful red. Yeah, I've, uh, well, and that's the one that I'm working on my design with right now. So I've oh. um, been knitting with it for several months. See, and it looks pretty pink in, you know what I mean? Like, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have put those two together. Right. It looked pretty pink when you were knitting on it, but it's beautiful. Right. It's gorgeous. Cool. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> and so um, that's your favorite in these, and this is your favorite in this one. And um, what's your, what's your vision for how frequently you're going to do the customs? It's, I'm going, it's my goal is at least once a quarter, okay. right? So once a season. Yeah. Um, and if I can do it more often, then I will. Yeah. You know, um, part of it's going to depend on customers. You know, if people like it and they want it, then I'll do it more. Right. Um, it's, it's also going to depend just on my own personal energy. You know, sometimes I'm, um, I'll say that creating colorways, it takes a lot of mental energy out of me. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine being a dyer who is every day just walking into the studio and saying, what colors am I going to make today? And you just throw stuff on. That's right. That would be really hard for me. Okay. Um, I, it's good for me to have the black label stuff where I can... 
I know what I'm making. I know what it's going to look like. Right. I know that it's going to look good when it's done. Right. You know? Well, and you have to have that consistency, right? If you're walking Absolutely. in and trying something new and then you tried something every day, it, it might be harder to keep track and reproduce. Absolutely. Even in a 10 skein run or something, right? I would imagine. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to shoot for once a quarter and... Um, you know, who knows, if, if people just absolutely love it and want more of it, then uh, we'll do it once a month. You know, that's I think that'd good. be great. I, yeah. I don't see any reason that I, I couldn't do that. It, I mean, it takes some time, but it's it's fun. Yeah, so. that's good. All right, so let's talk about what else you have going on, because I know people are going to start arriving for the tasting soon, and we want to be done. But um, talk about where people can find the Black Label retail yeah, so Black Label is, we are all across the country. There's a shop in Hawaii carrying us. There's um, yeah one in British Columbia, all the way up into the Northeast. Yep. Um, if you go to mjyarns.com and click on the Black Label side, yep. uh, there's a Where to Buy tab. And okay. uh, you can, we have a whole listing with shops by state. Okay. Um, if you don't happen to find uh, a shop nearby, there's... Um, little computer icons by the shop for the shops that sell oh, online. That's good. Yeah, because you're um, in a, a couple of the big yeah, online retailers. Uh, yeah, you know? Webs and Jimmy Beans. Jimmy Beans, I saw they yep. did something um, Paradise Fibers has our Silk and DK too, so okay. you can check them out. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's there's definitely options for folks. Good. Um, and, uh, yeah. So and then go. the red label is exclusively at mjyarns.com. Yep. Right? Yep, that's, that's so... Just from a business perspective, Black Label and Red Label are two separate entities. Uh -huh. They're, um, black Label you can only find at your local retail uh, yarn shop, and Red Label you can only find from me. Yeah. And I'm, um, over the, the next six months, I'm going to really work on developing a synergy between the two, where mm -hmm. I'm publishing patterns uh, that encourage you uh, to use one or the other. Yeah. Um, uh, and um, the so I maybe I shouldn't tell you guys this, but what the heck? You're gonna have me on record, <laughs> so you're gonna hear it. My hope is with the um, the the quarterly releases or the special releases mm -hmm. is that um, once I take them off my site, I'll give those pallets to yarn shops, but in very exclusive ways, um, so that. One yarn shop has that special palette that I released for a limited time. Yeah, something like that. That's so, good. That's yeah, good. that's I really want to use both sides of of black label and red label to build both of them. Yeah, and are you taking either to any events coming up? I know you used to do a lot of events. But yeah, so we're we're going to be at the Estes Park Wool Market. Okay. Um, and then the Taos Wool Festival, those are both on our schedule for this year. That's good. Uh, after this year, we're going to start focusing more on doing some more of those retail shows. Now that I avoid doing retail with Black Label because I want the yarn shops to sell Black right, Label. Right, right. Um, so uh, now that I have Red Label, in the next 12 months, I'm going to develop Red Label so that we have more bases, more sizes, mm -hmm. um, so that we can actually do a big show. Yeah. Uh, like Rhinebeck, for instance, yeah. where we can fill a 10 by 20 booth with just red label yarns. Yeah. Um, it would yeah. sell like hotcakes. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be one of the booths with the, the, <laughs> the line. line out the door <laughs> around the barn. And, yeah, hey, that'd be good. great. Yeah, good. All right, well, people are starting to show up for the tasting, so great. I'll fill people in on some other details when I edit the episode, but this was great. Awesome. Thank you. Well, thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to Jonathan talk about the yarns. It's always fun to 
chat with a dyer and creative and his yarns are so beautiful. So I, I had a really good time chatting away with him on Saturday. I could have talked for hours, but, um, right after we finished up the tasting itself kicked off. So he had the two yarns, the tough Ram and the one U they're available for tasting. He also had his black label yarns on clearance there in the studio. So, um, first I will talk about the, the new yarns. I have some um, beautiful new yarn to give away to you guys. So I have one skein of each um, in the Tough Ram, which is his heavy fingering, 80% superwash, 20% nylon. This is the one that is raised and milled in the U.S. Um, 100 grams per skein, 360 yards. I have the Marquise colorway. So maybe it's Marquise. I don't know. There's an E on the end. Um Anyways, it is a beautiful, we talked about it a little bit in the episode, blue with red and purple, um, and it's really a gorgeous, gorgeous kettle-dyed variegated yarn. So very excited about that one for you guys. And then the other one that I have is the One You. So this is Superwash Merino. This is the single, and um, this is 100 grams 380 yards and it's really pretty the colorway is trillion and it is um, shades of purple really so all the way from a very light pinkish purple up to a very dark kind of amethyst color and then there's some black here too and it was fun talking to him about the way that he layers colors we didn't talk about this colorway in particular and that's too bad because I would have been really interested to hear sort of how he got that color but um, the good news is I'm going to do a giveaway. I think what I'm going to do is just open up a thread in the Ravelry group um, so that you guys can post. And then I'm going to leave it open until the 1st of February to go along with the giveaway. Um, Jonathan also gave us a 20% off coupon code. So you can only get these yarns at mjyarns.com. And if you put in the code podcast, you'll get 20% off from now until February 1st, which is really exciting. The other um, cool thing was two of my girlfriends were supposed to come with to um, the event, and then it was freezing cold and snowy on Saturday morning. Like, it was one degree out when I was driving down there. It was five degrees out when I left two hours later. Um, So I ended up the only one there, but my friend's Sarah, the knitting type, and um, Emily from Knitting Butterflies will also be giving away some of this yarn. I don't know exactly what yet, but I was um, kind of the yarn mule on Saturday. So we're going to talk a little bit about how much damage I did at this little clearance sale that he had going on. So Jonathan had all of his black label yarns um, marked really basically at wholesale cost, Um And, you know, I'm such a huge fan of all of his work, so I could not leave without some yarn. Um, I got some exceptional deals. So the first thing that I got was I bought five skeins um, of Peruvian Dream Worsted in the Mystic Lagoon colorway, which is a beautiful uh, semi-solid turquoise. And this blend is 50% alpaca, 30% merino, 20% silk. It's a gorgeous drapey yarn. It's really squishy. I'm squishing it right now. Um, and apparently this was part of a wholesale order that got canceled. And so he had a, he had six or eight colorways um, there. And 
I got. I got this for like $11 a skein, $12 a skein, not very much. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. I really love it, and I'm considering finding a pattern for it and, and making this my Christmas break knitting because um, I think it could be really, really something special. I want something really drapey. I'm not quite sure yet. I haven't quite found the right pattern yet. I've been looking. But anyways, I have 1,200 yards of this, so I'm very excited about that. And then his sock yarn was on sale for like $10.50. So that was crazy. I bought a beautiful neutral, and I ended up buying three skeins of this. One for me, one for Sarah, one for Emily. Because um, I had my phone, I was taking, I was sending them pictures. Um, and so the sock yarn was on sale, and I got a colorway called Mice and Men. Very masculine neutral. It's got... Uh, tans and grays and browns and blacks and this will probably end up being my husband's socks this year he got a pair of MJ yarn socks last year for Christmas so um so lucky him this one's really pretty and then I got a skein of American worsted in the phoenix colorway and phoenix is the color that we gave away after knit Nosh in September I think maybe at knit Nosh in September anyways it's a colorway that I've seen um, up close and personal quite a few times and it's a beautiful red it was funny because apparently this is what he was knitting with when I saw him at Longmont Yarn Shop a couple weeks ago and um, and it looked a little more pink than I than I think this skein is this is definitely a red but I think it'll make a pretty hat or something so then I was like FaceTiming with my friends and texting back and forth I did pick up some yarn um, for my friends, and so I think Emily got two skeins of the the One U in Jade, and I think it was called Aquamar Aquamarine, and then Sarah got Aquamarine and World, which is a beautiful blue with kind of a rust color in it. Really, 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 really pretty. And then Sarah also got some um, some of the sock that was on clearance. And, um, what else? Some of the sock that was on clearance. Oh, and then I picked up some for my friend Jen, too. So, um, so I ended up with, like, a giant shopping bag of yarn, most of which was not mine. Um, but I had so much fun. So, anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Check out mjyarns.com. Like I said, 20% off using the coupon code PODCAST. And I'll get a thread up in the Ravelry group through February 1st, and then we'll do a giveaway of these two gorgeous skeins of yarn, which I will put pictures of in the show notes. And um, and that's really it. I had one other little piece of business that I had promised I would get done in December, so I wanted to make sure I got back to you guys. And that is um, a review of some yarn that the Kramer Yarns folks sent me. And so I have a skein of Kramer Yarns Sterling Silk and Silver. So this is a yarn that I was sent by the folks at Kramer Yarns to review. And um, this is a fingering weight yarn, 63% US Superwash Merino, 20% silk, 15% nylon, and then it says 2% polyfiber with aluminum coating. Um, and so it says several regal colors, perfect for elegant evening attire. I think it's really, really nice yarn. Um, it is a sparkly yarn, obviously. Um, interesting because unless, 
Unless this is a different way of describing Stellina, I think it's a slightly different way of doing the sparkle when they talk about that aluminum coating. Um, I think it's a little bit of a different process for getting that onto the yarn. Uh, my intent with this is to use it as a solid in either a shawl or I was looking at that um, shawl shirt by Suzanne Summer and I have some um, fresh from the cauldron yarn that I bought at the Loop U this summer that I was going to pair this with. Um, and I just haven't had time to kick off a project that big with the holidays coming up. So what I did with this instead was I just knit up one of my little Christmas ornaments. I did a smaller size one just so that I could see how the yarn behaved and how I liked the sparkle and how it walked up. And I have to say, I think it's a really, really, really nice yarn. Um, it is definitely like a solid, at least this princess color that I have is a very solid color. There are a couple of variegateds on their color palette, um, but I think it's kind of the perfect yarn to pair with something, um, something maybe a little more um, indie dyed, I guess is what I'll say. Um, I'm not one for lots of solids, so for me, this will be perfect partnered with something else, um, especially when I'm using fingering weight yarn, although it would make great socks. Um, it's got a very nice twist, um, and I think it would be a real sturdy workhorse kind of a, a sock yarn. Again, I used a size one needle on this little ornament, um, so I can kind of get a sense of what the fabric would be like in socks, and I do think it would be really nice. Um, they have on the website 12 different colors, anything from a beautiful red called red carpet to tuxedo, which is black, or white veil, and um, quite a few bluish purples in between that. Um, so uh, I would say I give this yarn definitely a thumbs up. Um, I will keep you guys posted as I work on that shirt. I do have both of the things caked up so that I can start that. Uh, but my first experience kind of testing and tasting this yarn was definitely a positive one, and I would highly recommend it to any of you guys. So again, that's Kramer Yarns Sterling Silk and Silver in the Princess colorway. And I'm pretty sure that Stitchcraft is willing to do a giveaway of this one for you guys as well. So I will talk to them over my break, and I will... Um, get you guys the details in episode 51 because episode 50 I actually recorded out of order and that's going to be the year end um year in review and so that'll go out sometime closer to new year's and I will be back with brand new content um early in January so in the meantime I hope that any holidays that you celebrate in December including Christmas are wonderful and that you get time with your family and your friends and your knitting. I hope everyone has a happy new year and um, happy knitting to go with it. Thanks for listening, you guys.